The following podcast discusses alternative sexual practices in loving and detailed terms, and as such may not be appropriate for young children, those who do not understand English, or your grandmother. Then again, I've never met your grandmother. She may be more kinky than even you realize. Listener discretion is advised. and perverted knitting. I'm Shara Kane. I'm Lansing Mike. And I'm just giddy. <laughs> I'm happy. I can officially say that we have gone from having dozens of listeners to now we have scores of listeners. <laughs> and that feels good. Um, yeah, most recent poll of listeners based on Finagling the stats on SoundCloud is, I think we're at about 53. And like, yeah, and, right and, and the reason for that, it, for people who don't know, is that uh, Sarah Kane here was the guest on Sewers of Paris, uh, Matt Baum's interview show, uh, and uh, it, it was, I mean, he, you, record, when, you recorded that quite a while ago. Uh, August or September of last year. Okay, so yeah. Not, but um, other things have come up. I think his Sewers of Parish has grown as a show. Yeah, and it, it's grown exponentially. And he's talked to some very influential people, and their interviews were more timely. And and so yours just kept getting bumped. Right. So, I mean, But then it finally happened, and it was like, yeah. oh, yay. And, uh, and it's funny because, yes, you... Well, he plugs this podcast on it because you were thinking of doing a podcast. And actually, that was kind of what prompted you. Is like, I'm going to be on this show that people listen to. Yes. I should have some product out there so when my thing goes up, they have something to come to. Exactly. And so, hence, that was kind of the birth, you know, birth pangs or well, more like the one-night stand that created this show. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, uh, yeah, so it finally happened. So, yes, that's why we've had such a peak. I don't want to... Well, I hate shitting on people's joy or fun, but I'm like, I'm curious to see how many people stay. So, well, yes, I know there'll be yeah. a lot of listeners who'll be like, oh, what is this thing? And they'll hear it and I'm like, okay. And I'm kind of wanting, you know, I'm, I'll be excited for the people who are like, oh, okay. And then every other week it's like, okay, and keep coming back and are amused. Um, right. For the ones who are like, oh, just not my thing. It's like, fair enough. That's acceptable. And I, I almost wonder if I weren't, I'd say if I didn't know the people involved, would I be listening to this? I mean, I listen to it every time it pops up. It's like right. boom, it goes to the top of my queue because I'm kind of curious how it came off, and and then cringe. It's like, oh god, yeah, the nose, the nose sounds really. <laughs> a, a third participant that time. I thought we had licked that one, but I think the last time I was like, nope, there's my wheezing. But yeah, so I, you know, I, I almost wonder, yeah, if I didn't, I mean, if you were doing this one, and also, yeah, I'd be listening to it because like I know the people involved, but. Kind of curious if well, I mean, strangers. If you, you know, if you weren't involved with this, if I ended up in Illinois, in Rockford, Illinois, instead of Lansing, as was a plan back in the day. Oh, okay. I was um, like, I thought you were just pulling a, right. no. a town out of your ass. It's like no, that, this name. That no, that no. that was one of the original plans that I would end up in Rockford, Illinois, and you know, I may be doing this. I'm like, how would you have heard about this? I mean, really, the only advertising we have is word of mouth, so you would have to know somebody who knows somebody. Which, um, yeah. Usually mentions, I think most podcasts I listen to, I've heard about through other podcasts. I mean, that's where it grows from. A crossover guest, uh, the host from some other podcasts is on one I listen to, and it's like, oh, I want to check them out now. Another podcast gets mentioned. So I think that's you know that's the the, the community kind of grows that way that's how it kind of spreads at least for me and that's how the podcasts i've listened to primarily i think 95 percent are ones i've heard about through other podcasts so you know we've been sewers of paris and i'd be like oh check that out see my trouble with sewers of paris i love the podcast Uh, my computer at work which is the only one i really have (laughs) hates the site 
It does not react well with the Sears of Paris website. I go on there and it freezes up. It doesn't load. It just something about the coding or my ancient computer mm. does not like it. And so yeah. he's always talking about, oh, there's film clips and there's extra material. I'm like, yes, let's check that out. And I'm like, uh, no, it's, you know, something just did not want to cooperate. Yeah, so probably something about your computer and because they're all YouTube clips. Mm -hmm. So it, I have a feeling that it's YouTube that your work computer has more of an issue with or IT has got YouTube blocked. At nope. No, there's nothing blocked. <laughs> um, um, but but uh, no, and but, I, I'm fine with it. When I go, I, yeah, if I want to watch a video on YouTube, I have to actually go to YouTube to watch it. Um, when it's usually coming through another site, there tends to be a weird lag or something. Hmm. God. So in any event, one, thank you, Matt Baum, for getting mm -hmm. our name out there on the interwebs. And Welcome to everyone who is joining us from the series of Paris. We hope you enjoy the show. I mean, the, yeah. The, basically, yeah. Well, one thing that, you know, if this is the first episode you're hearing, uh, one thing that didn't get mentioned because, you know, again, this podcast did not exist at the time of the uh, interview. Uh, interview is what the what it is about. I mean, it's basically us talking about, mostly talking about the kink community in mid-Michigan area. Yes. And our interactions with it. Um, so if you are in mid-Michigan area, boom, target audience. <laughs> right. Partially. Um, then we usually deal with a topic of sorts. Um, and then the final bit is we talk about crafting. And, you know, that's the, the whole catchphrase here is a uh, wholesome Some kink, kink and perverted, perverted knitting. knitting. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think we're a little lighter on the craft because I get busy and I just don't do it. Yeah, crafting ends up falling by the wayside, but, you know, but then, and also, I think we also, there's a lot, I mean, that first segment we always kind of call gossip, which is recounting <laughs> our tales of what we've been doing. Our, our tales of debauchery and, and all the fun that you can have living in mid-Michigan under and, Republican rule. And, uh, which is quite a bit. I think when you, you do have a, you know, a, a strict or strident or, not, I wouldn't say oppressive, but a, oppositional regime over you, I think it kind of makes cultures kind of... It goes underground, but I think they become very vibrant because I think, you know, just that react, you know, the reaction to the status quo, I think, brings right. out the best. And I think sometimes acceptance kind of waters us down, you know, when it's just kind of like, okay, cool. Um, it, I think, you know, it, it takes away some of the vitality. Now, granted, uh, having human rights, you know, observed is a wonderful thing. And, yes. You know, I think that's, a, you know, a great thing and, you know, preferred, but there is kind of a cost i think you know yeah, I, i'm i'm reminded of a joke from frankie boyle who is just a filthy dark comedian he was doing a bit as a member of parliament mm -hmm. he said i want to recriminalize homosexuality so i feel dirty when i do it <laughs> and there's kind of yeah that kind of you know that uh cross not cross-cultural uh oppositional countercultural kind of aspect to it that does feel like hey um you know there is something you know going on here and you know screw the man and you know fuck for change right? yes yeah <laughs> all right um a bit of housekeeping uh and going back to topics that we discussed on previous episodes so here's the excuse for you guys to do an archive binge Last episode, I got the name wrong of the barbecue joint that Sling Bear took me to. Okay. Um, the correct name of the place is Boneheads Barbecue in Willis, Michigan, which is in the same general area. Um, so, yeah, if you're near there, stop by, have a really good meal. One of the quests that I had been on for a while is that I had picked up at Noir Leather in Royal Oak the vest and belt that was awarded to Mr. Michigan Eagle 9596. Mm -hmm. And between the two of us, we were able to determine who that was actually awarded to. Well, you know, Kink is a small community, and I was eventually able to talk to people who knew him. They said that he is no longer active in the leather community, but he, he's still alive, so yay. 
Um, it, it's, it was not an estate sale that, that, that ended up at Noir Leather. So, um, just a purging of things no longer needed. Yeah. Well, he, you know, he also moved from the Detroit area several hundred miles south. So yeah, I know how much fun it is when you have to pack up everything. And purge and say, okay, what do I really need? And, you know, I mean, yeah, that... Those items would be, a, you know, something I would think that, you know, it's like, well, even if you're no longer into it, it's kind of a badge of honor. You did this. But also, it's like, if you're not going to really wear them or use them, yeah, it's like, okay, former life, let's, you know, maybe someone else will find them. You found them. And I, I found them, and I, I spent a chunk of money on them because I, I was, I felt the need to rescue them. You, yeah, they had yeah. been orphaned. They, they had been orphaned. And so what will happen is with the blessing of my contact that next time I am in Chicago, um, I will donate them to the Leather Archives and Museum um, and get a tax write-off for the couple hundred bucks I spent on them. Well, the other thing, too, is, um, you know, it's it's not only, you know, were they, like, you know, the symbols of this contest and this person, but also... Uh, the Detroit Eagle, which is, you know, it's gone. You know, yeah. that, that's an institution and place that is no longer around. So it's like, kind of has that kind it's of It's a sports to it bar now. Oh, interesting. Oh. Feel it should go in leather and just say, wait a minute. <laughs> wait a second. Wasn't the, yeah. No. Especially with yeah. someone who'd been there before. It's like, oh, you know what happened in this corner? <laughs> let me tell you, let me point out all the places I had orgasms in this building. <laughs> uh... Here. Yeah, basically the whole thing. <laughs> that corner, that corner. Corner, that, that corner, corner, that corner. That wall, which did not... No, yeah. I, yeah. You know, I mean, yeah, it's... it's yeah, yeah, the the bar used to be there. I was bent over it. Well, it's fascinating because um, there's a Chipotle that's in downtown East Lansing mm-hmm. that in this space I used to work at. It's funny, when I'm standing in line to get a burrito, I'm like, wow, this is a location on this planet I've spent many hours because that's where the counter was for Community News Center... You know, my first job out of college was that community news center along the strip, which, you know, uh, was a bookstore and then it became a bike shop and now it's a Chipotle. And it just hit me. It was like, oh, that's right. This was, you know, that, you know, while I was standing in line, it's like, yeah, that's right. This used to be where I used to work. (laughs) Maybe you should lobby to get a historical marker placed outside. Actually, for the King community, yeah, that could be a thing because we had an extensive porn selection. Especially gay porn. And, you know, back in the day when magazines were king. Um, right. And we, but we had a nice variety. And many, many a uh, indiscretion um, started there. Uh, there are no places to carry them out there, but a lot of people used it as a cruisy spot. I mean, there's a whole protocol of go back to the gay porn section, pick up a magazine, flip through it, wait for someone to come next to you picking up one. That's the signal. It's like, up, oh, we're of the same tribe. You put yours down, walk toward the door, and then halfway up, you look back to see if they're looking at you. If they're looking at you, that's the signal. They're interested. Then you wait outside the door for the five minutes for them to come out, and then you move on. It's like, ah. Uh. And the whole time I worked there was before I was really out, and I had no freaking clue. <laughs> it, was, it was very sad. And who knows... What threesomes I maybe could have been a part of? No, I was too shy at that point. But you know, it it is the the stuff of you know the old penthouse forums. It happened to me. <laughs> but no, and just you know, but that you know those days are gone because magazines just don't really exist like that anymore. Not yeah, now, now people do it on Grinder. Oh, speaking of Grinder, mm-hmm. they saw a thirty five percent uptick in usage in the Cleveland area this week. Oh, but you know what the sad thing is, though? I heard uh, the statistics. Gay male, well, male escorts went up, you know. The, and, and, and female the, escorts were flat. Nope, declined. Declined? Oh, it's, my. It's the, 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 the numbers I heard of reported to me, of course, it's in a third hand, but it's like, oh, dear. I, I, no, I read an article, and, yeah, no, the, the male escorts were doing a brisk business, but that the female escorts... Saw no change in their okay. their demand. No, and the thing is, I mean, the convention itself, whatever party you ascribe to, the interesting thing was, you know, they're just talking. I just was listening to NPR, and I mean, 
even you know Trump in his acceptance speech of the nomination mentioned the LGBTQ community. Well, now he mentioned it in a really peculiar way, as in yeah. we'll protect you from those evil, evil foreigners who are going to come and try and do horrible things to you, which is part of the fear mongering, which was that right, whole convention. Right. But the fact that he mentioned it, and then when the audience applauded he thanked the audience for applauding it's like you know so it's a weird thing it's like us being used as a tagline to like yes and we're going to protect these people too because you know whether or not we'll step on all their because i think he's also talked about you know marriage repeals and things like that oh, yeah. no so he, it's a weird thing yeah all he's saying is vote republican we don't want to kill you yeah. and you know, and but then also they had um, one of their speakers was oh it, his name starts with a T, um, uh, PayPal. I think he's the man behind PayPal. Oh, openly gay. Um, yes, who was behind Thiel, Thiet, Thoot, something yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, no, it's not Chris Thiel because Chris Thiel is the cute mandolin player who's taking over Garrison Keillor's stint on Very Home Companion. But, which but will no, be no, I, but I know, yes, that I know guy. who you're talking about. Um, the, the one who funded Terry Hulk Hogan's. No. Suit against Gawker. Yes, and you know that stuff. Um, you know, and he he spoke and was applauded, and you know, so it's almost it almost feels like maybe it's the early stages of that section of the culture war is kind of dying down. The evangelists can hope. The evangelists are no longer holding the reins to the Republican Party. It's now a different populist group that's all, you know, for Trump because it's a It's weirdness. It's going to be crazy. The <laughs> next few months are going to be fascinating. Uh, and if you are a politico, I, it's going to be just sit back and make a big thing of popcorn. Yeah, buy wow. popcorn futures. Wow. Yeah, no, but one other thing from Trump's speech is I, I saw the tweet and then I saw it on YouTube. Mm -hmm. said Trump said LGBTQ like he was reading an eye chart. <laughs> it, it was L G B T Q community. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> a, a little odd. Um, okay. And, and enough politics. <laughs> the, the, the Republican national convention was enough to drive me to Esquire to, to drink several times this week. So, but when I was there, I, our sign is still up. Heard a couple of people interested in Pup Night, including one goth girl. Cool. So, yeah, it will be interesting to see. Um, yeah, next first Friday is going to be interesting because it is the first night of Jazz Fest. So, busy time in Old Town. Yeah, so parking will be interesting. And then the next month, first Friday, is Blues Fest okay. in Old Town. <laughs> Uh, well, I guess first Fridays are are good times to uh, to do things in Old Town, and so yeah, we'll we'll see if we get any people coming in from Jazz Fest or Blues Fest. And usually there are. I'm um, usually uh, when it, the beer tents close down, then that's when they start filtering and trying to find more places to drink. And you know, I think that's you get a lot of people coming in, and it's not you know Esquire is not obviously a gay bar when you walk in. Um, you know, it, there's nothing really to it that's, like, just, you know... Yeah, no, yeah, no rainbow a, flag, no drag queen checking IDs. You know, things, um, you know, I think, you know, once you're there, you probably get a clue, but, um, yeah, there's nothing terribly obvious about it, so, yeah, a lot of people wander in and think, okay, air conditioning, yay, you know? Yeah. And, uh, no, what'll be interesting, though, is that table, when you first walk in, is where we usually are, and there'll be... Probably people in leather and maybe latex and, you know, hoods. And, and pop hoods and our big banner. and So, so yeah, so, um, yeah, that'll be interesting. Uh, you know, I need to, again, you know, just like, you know, talk about uh, podcasts and how do, how do word about podcasts. I think a lot of word of mouth for events like this and yep. things like that. So it, it's continuing. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that will be coming up in a couple weeks. Yeah, a yes. couple weeks. Yes, yeah, because uh, yeah, this is... Yeah, the the five days, the yeah, I, five Fridays, five Saturdays, five Sundays this month. So um, and then the so yeah, so that's coming up. That'll be interesting. Um, next week there's Synergy, which is a a general kink fest. That's going yes, to pansexual kink convention that's happening here in Lansing. Happening here in Lansing. I'm not exactly sure where because, like, a lot of pansexual kink they are a little paranoid um so they 
unlike Yo, um, Claw has a big announcement that we're going to be at this hotel. At this hotel, you know, we're going back downtown. Uh, you know, IML makes a big deal every time they change hotels. Synergy, they're not saying which hotel they're at. You know, you have to be registered to be told the hotel. Yeah. And it's like, okay. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, I understand. It's like they're, you know, still, you know, yeah, there's, you know, people will look askance and, you know, but it's, I, yeah, I wonder how much, how much you can really suffer in your life for being kinky. Um, you know, there's always horror stories, I know, you know, but, you know, it's like, hey, take some lessons from the gays and lesbians. We've been putting up with this for a long time and, you know, it's funny because, um, uh, furry conventions, same kind of thing. It's like, there's, there's a very interesting, you know, ideology of like, don't let anyone know. It's like, you can't hide the hotel because it's kind of obvious all these people in, you know, kind of costumes. In, in fursuits, yeah. But, um, you know, don't let, you know, no, the, the reporters and all that are just out there to make fun of us. And it's like... Take a lesson from the gays. It's like, you know, you have to kind of co-opt them. And I think, well, you have to be more open to let them realize just how boring you actually are. (laughs) Yeah. Well, no, but, you know, I was, I'm remembering back to last year, two years ago, where there was the chemical spill slash Mm -hmm. chemical attack at the furry convention in Chicago. And, you know, some reporters handled it with a plum Mm -hmm. and, and empathy Others broke down laughing and had to walk off camera when they had to read that story. So, yeah. But, um, no, I heard some, you know, like little shock jocks on the radio talking about it. And actually, they handled it pretty well. I was like, oh, God. And, no, um, they made fun of the situation, but they were more going after some of the public personalities involved than mm-hmm. just the act of what it was. So I was like, okay, bravo. Um, now, kink, you know, there's other things with kink, because um, there are, you know, some of the power dynamics and all that. There's, you know, it does, I know that the um, community does get attacked because it's like, well, you know, there's these power differentials, and, you know, is it consent? And, you know, right. it, 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 and it's funny, because yeah. of all communities, it seems like the kink community is one of the more consensual ones. They're very aware of consent, and yes. what it means, yes. and how to achieve it, and, you know, the things you need to go through, and I think they're very advanced. And yeah. Many are, of them are very advanced in the ways are, of are understanding there, consent. Yeah. Are there assholes in the kink community? Yes. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But as a whole, you know, it not... You know, you can have a fulfilling, consensual power exchange mm-hmm. that, you know, r- ranges from a little light bondage and spanking to full-time servitude, you know, and, you know, not having access to your own finances. but And yeah. things like that. And I've, you know, uh, but so, yeah, I can, you know, and I think it, it's one of those interesting things. Yeah, I, I, I wonder what, you know, I'm sure people, some people are concerned about jobs. They're like, oh my gosh, if they find out I'm you know, a sexual being, I will lose my job. And it's like, I can understand that if you're a teacher, um, we're not quite that advanced yet that we can be like, oh my gosh, you know, you're at all involved with children. Or, you know, a couple that has children. It's like when it comes out that they, you know, are into being, you know, open or poly or swapping or, you know, bondage or stuff. It's like, could, you know, could someone call, you know... CPS and... And say, hey, you shouldn't have children because you're you know, you're sexual people. And it's like, how do you think they got those children in the first place? <laughs> but besides that, I mean, there's, there's possibilities, Ugh. but yeah, I, I kind of curious about the, about the secrecy. I, 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 that's one element of the Lansing community. I, I don't know who actually is putting this on. Cause that's the other thing too. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I mean, I saw. And the other thing is too, the getting the word out. I hadn't even heard of it till a couple of weeks ago. And it's like, Oh, um, that's not great marketing, but you know, if they get yeah. enough bodies in there to cover their costs and be a good enough event, then it'd be like, okay, you didn't need to be widely open and telling people. Yeah. Um, I mean, I knew about it for a while, but that was only because, um, they do have a Facebook group. I right, they, they, on Facebook. They, they do have a Facebook group and pup Bellum, um, told me okay. about it. And apparently he's gone there uh, a couple of years okay. now. So, um, and, Pop Bellum's moving away. Oh, you know? that's news to me. I hadn't heard that. Yeah, uh, I think, I think out to the Chicago area, maybe oh. further west. But there's a lot of people in Chicago. Yeah, can't blame you. Michigan's depressing. Um, no, Michigan is. I I had this 
conversation with someone who was like bashing Michigan, and that's why I had to take devil advocate. It's like, no, Michigan has it all. When you're tired of you know Michigan, you're tired of life, which is silly, but also I don't think it's any more depressing than other places. It hey, is some great stuff here. The trees are the right height here. <laughs> and I like having seasons. But um, uh, yes, yes, I. But I, no, but I mean, yeah, I mean, Chicago is a major metropolitan area, and yeah, there are other things. As long as you're, you know, I think as long as you're moving for. Well, I know, I get kind of pissy about this. As long as you're moving for a job, I think it's acceptable. It's sometimes moving for other reasons. Um, I'm like, okay, really? Moving for love? I don't know. If, if the love has been established, then yes, I can see that. Um, but I know many people who are like, oh, I met someone, they're great. It's, you know, we've never lived together. We've never, you know, really even interacted in the real world. But I'm going to move across the country for them. Yeah, and, we, we've been chatting online for three months. And I'm well, also, okay, here's the thing. I can't be too hard on that. Cause mm-hmm. That's how I met my exes. <laughs> and I was with them for 10 years, and I consider that a successful relationship. Oh, it worked. Well, I think all relationships yeah. are successful. Even if they ended in tears and, you know, you know, finger-pointing, it probably taught you something about yourself. Success. I mean, you know, how else do you define a successful relationship? It ends in death? You know, it's well, like no, I. There, it, it. I mean, we do have this concept right. of like anything that anytime there's a breakup, oh, the relationship failed. It's no, like, oh. no, it's it's that a, a I give it points for lasting ten years, and b it ended peacefully and amicably. So I consider that successful. Well, I think as long as all people involved also got a lot out of it and grew from it, probably or learned something from it, I think those would be signs of success too. That you know, everyone it improved the people involved. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, well, yeah. that's sad. But, you know, it's like I said, well, that's the trouble with the uh, Lansing area a lot of times. We have a lot of people who graduate and move on. I mean, there's, yep. lot, you know, we have a lot of, you know, especially the younger people are here for education that, and you move. So, well, and, you know, we have the world class Michigan State University here. And, you know, I can't blame them coming somewhere to get a great education and then going somewhere else and getting a job. And, Okay. You can get a degree in agriculture at MSU, and I don't know how many jobs there are in the agricultural field in Lansing. 20 to 30 minutes outside the city, maybe, but... Let's see here. We have not recorded since the last number six dungeon. Right, that's... that's yeah. Well, so we recorded just... Well, we... We recorded the week before. Yes, right. we recorded the week before, which... Um, it was a good time, yeah. uh... I'd say that there was a uh, uh, some new. I about at least I can think of four new people who had, it was their first times there, and they seemed to have a good time. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there was someone I'd seen from um, uh, Detroit Bondage Club was a regular there, and they had never been to Number Six before, um, and it was good seeing them. So it was a nice familiar face. Um, they seemed to have a pretty good time. Um, it sounds like they have other things going on on Saturdays, so. I don't know if they're like wanting to give over two Saturdays a month over to kink events, but right. um, so you know. But I like I said, I think you know they. I think it was one of those combinations of you just like oh someone new and also someone new who is not afraid to get involved. Um, you know, I think a lot of people. There's I think another person there who was very new to it, and um, they seem kind of timid or hesitant. I got this feeling from them. They really mm-hmm. wanted to participate, but it's like. Should I? Am I welcome? You know, am I, I... I think there's a combination of these... This is a group that's already established. These people already know each other. Right. Should I just be jumping in? And then also maybe it might be a you know a hesitation about, I really want to do kinky things, but, oh, maybe I shouldn't. And it's like, well, you're in a dungeon, so... Um, because uh, this person, they said they were... Oh, what is it? Uh, is it na- naturists? Nudists, basically. But I think they prefer to be called... Not naturalists, but naturists. I think they uh, just like to be I, naked in pub, in, 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 in yeah. the outdoors. Um, that was something that he participated in, and so yeah, he got kind of pulled into events too, and I think had a good time of it. Um, and then there's another, not a couple, but two friends who showed up together, and and they had a pretty um, got also pulled into it all. <laughs> yeah, this this month number six was very gropey. It was an orgy. It kind of turned into a big orgy in the corner. Uh, A bunch of us all standing around the corner naked and lots of hands on cocks and mouths on cocks. And and I think that's mostly what was going on in that kind of scrum was just, you know, people... 
being there and it's like you know kind of touching each other uh and, um i think it was about the same amount of fucking that tends to happen and, but i think that was again the regulars who you know the sling mm-hmm. is right there and it's like okay who gets in the sling and you know some lovely um you know again some regulars who are just fun to watch and listen to <laughs> so it's like that was that was present um uh, there is kind of a saran wrap mummification that went yes, on uh, yes, early I on. did wrap sling bear up in the saran wrap, oh. and I did do it with the hands um, crossed over the chest. That worked pretty well. Need to make a few minor refinements. Yeah, a few, like a few refinements, but you know, kink is always a learning process. Yeah. Uh, Not just in the technique, but also what works for different people. Yes, like you know, yeah. I'd, I'd say there's someone who, um, you know, I've. I wouldn't say we've actually played, but, you know, there's been some stuff between us, and I did something kind of casually, and they reacted in a very positive manner. I was like, oh, so this is something you like. Cool. Let's do more of that. <laughs> and, uh, you know, my big thing was um, I got strapped into the Amsterdam box. Yes. So for people who don't know, Amsterdam box, it's just a big box that has a, a door that's on the cover uh, front that rolls open, um, and there's straps against the back panel. And uh, someone just stands there, gets strapped in, the door closes, can be locked, um, and then there's a little access door at the crotch and the face. You know, I was curious about it. Uh, it was interesting, um, but fundamentally kind of boring. Um, yeah, I mean, you... You're, you're... It's... The best analogy I can think of is that you're a really interesting party, lots of cool people all there, and you get stuck in the corner talking to someone way too long. Like, and you can't think of a good way of extricate yourself from the conversation. It's right. like, you can't think of a polite way of saying, oh, gotta get a new drink or go to the bathroom now. You know, that will eventually happen, but you can't kind of wait for that to kind of naturally come up. And you're just like, but there's people in that corner I want to talk to. And there's some people over in the kitchen <laughs> I think I want to see. And I'm talking to, and the Amsterdam box, unfortunately, was that to me, was the person droning on about their job or oh, something. Dear. Um, It was an interesting experience, but there's other stuff going on. I think, uh... You were attached to something? Yes. I I got um, a Venus two, 2000 uh, slapped on me. It was it was interesting. Um, well, what is a Venus 2000? A Venus 2000... I just saw the is, case. I didn't see it in yeah. operation. <laughs> it's kind of like an automatic fleshlight. Mm-hmm. Um, uses pneumatics... You know, you, you stick your dick in the sleeve, you, you set the settings on it, and using pneumatics, it will stroke your, your dick automatically okay. for you. It was very, it was getting a lot of attention. It was, yeah. Because, uh, well, and I will mention that when I was in the box, I was cheating, because I found, even though um, I'm tall enough that I can kind of see over the door, even strapped in, uh, so it's not quite yes, the sensory the, deprivation. The, the, the Amsterdam box was really built for somebody who is 5'8", and you're what, 6'1"? Well, not even that, um, yeah. because I also found out that you know I could use the edge of one of the boards and pull the blindfold down and use my chin to crack the door open, the, <laughs> the faceplate open enough to look over and actually see what... Right. And that was actually the, the fun part of it. It was kind of a voyeuristic experience, because I'm here in this corner, like, forgotten... And I'm watching all the activity that's going on with an eyesight. You're around. You're you're to the side of me, yes. so I couldn't see. But I could see everyone watching you, and um, you know, I was seeing a lot of uh, stuff, hijinks going on in the corner. And that was it was kind of that was the fun part of it. it was like I'm watching these guys sucking each other and and doing stuff, and you know, and they don't know because I've only cracked a little bit. I'm just kind of like peeking so it was a weird like you know being hiding in the closet while watching a couple of fucking in the bedroom it was that to it yeah um you know but other than that uh you know it needs some refinements like that door doesn't open up enough no it, it doesn't so it's hard to get some of the straps some of the straps were out of place yes and that was uh, sorry i wasn't fully strapped in um i mean it was a fun experience i didn't feel any you know like numbness or you know i mean i could have been there a while but Again, yeah, I mean, it was like there's other stuff going on that right. I want to be a part of. To, yeah, it would be better. The Amsterdam box, we really need to go through there and make sure that all the straps are in the right place, which I, I don't think they are right now. But yeah, well, they're all and they're labeled lovely. Uh, you know, someone's yes. written, gone through with a silver marker and labeled where they go and all that. So it'd be easy enough to kind of put them back in order. Yeah. And, but yeah, the, the Amsterdam box is really for somebody who is able to enjoy bondage for its own sake. Mm-hmm. 
um, somebody who, who's into immobilization and being in small places and who enjoys that for its own sake. Um, but yeah, the Venus automatic stroking machine, it was okay. Um, the, the settings weren't quite right on it. And I found out doing research later, uh, once I got home, that you can adjust this. I needed a longer stroke length mm -hmm. than what um, what the the guy who was working the controls was giving me. Mm -hmm. And I also think I would enjoy that more if I was in a sleep sack and blindfolded and uh, had hearing protectors on so that the only thing I could focus on would be that. Um, so, yeah, interesting. I'd, I'd like to... I'd like to try it again, um, you know, with a bit more lube and a bit more adjustment on there. I, I think I could really, really enjoy it. It got me hard, it got me up, and but it, it wasn't, at least at that setting, able to push me up mm. over the edge. Um, and yeah, it has not convinced me yet to spend several hundred dollars mm -hmm. on one of them for myself. You want to have a, another go at it? If yeah, I when I saw chance. the case, I thought it was uh, like a tens unit or some sort of violet wand or something. I didn't realize what it was, and, and but then you know, as heard it being used, I'm like, something's interesting is going on around the corner. It yeah, makes, it, it, it makes it, interesting sounds. Yes, it, it makes interesting. the The vacuum pump makes rather interesting sounds when it's being used. So yeah, so number six, I thought it was a, yeah, like I said, a very a very active and very kind of. Uh, you know, a lot of stuff going on. I was um, trying to think other scene-wise, and... I did some flogging mm. on a few guys. Um, did a bit more bondage, broke out my vibrators. Mm. Uh, they, they seem to really like the one vibrator with the cup attachment on it. Um, that goes over really well. It was interesting because um, the, the place where it takes place... Well, it's a condo. Yes. And there's a unit next to it, which... It was funny showing up and, you know, the the ladies who are next door, like, looking over the garden. And I'm just like, because usually I'm used to going there when it's dark. Because when I first started, it was, like, winter. So it was yes. dark. We'd show up and, was, and there's no one else around. And just, I mean, we were dressed fine. I mean, we are just dressed in street right, clothes. Right, right. Some people do come, you know, attired. And uh, it, it's just funny because, I'm you know, the, these little gardening ladies next door and, like, seeing these leathermen walking past. And it's like, aw. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I was kind of hoping that I, I could get into an electro scene there, but that was not to be. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know, maybe at DBC, I, someone would be nice enough to uh, hook me up and charge me up and uh, pass some voltage and currents through my body. Hmm. Maybe that's what they need is like a whiteboard for these events where, you know, it's kind of like a dance card. It's like, hey, you should put up what you're offering, and you know, the tops are like, yay, I'm up for fisting someone, and then someone's I'm like, always up for fisting and it's someone. Like, you know, and then the bottoms are like what they really want to have done to them that night, and just kind of put it up there, and it's like, okay, and then you match them up. Yeah, it would be nice. Uh, yeah, that, of course, you know, a lot of the fun things I've done there have been completely spontaneous, so mm -hmm. there, there's something to be said for spontaneity, too. Whew. Yeah, it's Ugh. hot as balls in here. Um, it it's actually cooled off, but now the sun's come out. We just had a thunderstorm roll through Michigan, so it's been raining all day. A good long rain that was needed, but now it's the sun, and and you have a very loud air conditioner. So yeah, we I, it I have I have a loud air conditioner, and we are by a major road, so the windows are closed, and we are suffering for the time that it takes us to record. We're suffering for our podcast. art. Yes. I did say on the bonus episode that I would talk about the other story that I teased on the series of Paris in this episode. Mm -hmm. um, so on the bonus episode, for those who haven't listened to that yet, I talked about my experience uh, at my aunt's commitment ceremony mm -hmm. um, and a bit more story about her. But I also mentioned that I would talk about my adventures in Amsterdam. Mm -hmm. uh, so just before... So after I graduated from broadcasting school, but before getting the job at the country radio station, I spent three weeks in Europe. Mm -hmm. uh, two weeks in Amsterdam, one week in London. Um, 
and I had just a gay old time uh, in Amsterdam. It was uh, fun. Um, got to experience authentic Dutch cuisine, which is nothing to write home about, but the men in Amsterdam were so much fun. Mm. And, um, lots and lots of foreskin. Okay. So if you are an enthusiast of the natural penis, I highly recommend Europe. <laughs> because, I mean, but okay. Yeah. So, but yeah. Enough of the vagaries. What was it that you did? Were you went to clubs there, or actually um, sex stuff? I mean, you know. Well, I mean, dungeons. What What were the actual events where you got exposed to all this? Well, lovely what, penis. One of the, one of the reasons why I went there when I did mm -hmm. is that I saw online that the Horseman's Club of Amsterdam was having a bar night um, that, like, the only one that year. Um, Where are the Horsemen's? Uh, the requirement to be a member of the Horseman's Club of Amsterdam is you have to have at least 18 centimeters mm -hmm. of cock. So, um, yeah. It, it's For a, those of us bad at math. And... Uh, about eight and a half inches. Okay. Uh, and... So, yeah, I wanted to be there for that. Um, it, was, it, it was wonderful to look at. Just these massive, huge, and I couldn't do a damn thing with them. I was like, I'd have to unhinge my jaw, and you know, my, my ass is not big enough. And there were a, a wonderful, beautiful variety to look at. There were some that you could tell they were naturally, genetically blessed with a massive cock. There were those who you could tell were pumping enthusiasts. They, they had that, that kind of um, bloated look to their meat. And, but hey, got them to the 18, uh, got them over the line. And then there were also a couple of guys who had done um, silicone mm -hmm. and had just really big. And I'm like, what do you do with it? Show it off mainly. Um, and yeah, lots of groping and lots of appreciation of, of the big dicks and, you know, multiple guys' hands on one dick. And uh, downstairs in the basement, there was a sling set up. Um, you know, I grabbed some, one guy said, hey, can you, uh, said, hey, you've got small hands. Would you like to fist me? I'm like, sure. And Got in, fist him for a little bit, and like, okay, thanks. And then one of the really big, uh, um, took over, <laughs> and my hands weren't that much of a stretch for, um... It's, yeah, it's interesting when, you know, fisting is kind of the foreplay to loosen you up for something bigger and better. Oh, my gosh. Yes, it... Now, and, uh, and what, and, uh, what bar was this at? The... Um, I, I think it was in the Vorviger. Okay. I am probably mispronouncing that, and I... Don't believe that that bar is still around. It's been, I went there in, in March, no, yeah, March, April of 2001, mm -hmm. back, back before flying became a royal pain in the ass. Um, yeah, I mean, I went to multiple gay bars. All of them had a back room mm -hmm. and, um, if you left there unsatisfied, it was your own damn fault. Um, some of the back rooms had um, wet areas where, you know, saw guys lounging in bathtubs and getting pissed on. Mm -hmm. Slings and beds everywhere. And, um, yeah, I mean, just, and just a wonderful free energy of it all of, yeah, no repression. Mm -hmm. Everybody was, yeah, it was fun. Um, kind of get, well, I mean, I get, yeah. you know, from dungeon parties, I mean, the, the people who are showing up there are showing up there for, you know, a very specific reason. And, you know, if they do have, you know, I think people with hang-ups or hesitations are pretty much not the ones showing up. Or if they do, you know, they show right. them quickly when you see, you know, what's going on. Or if you're going to see someone that you just think is hot as hell and just want to, like, oh, damn, okay. Yeah. yeah, nothing to get you out of your, you know, yeah. concerns is seeing something hot you know, and realizing yeah. you can have access to them. A couple other things. Um, there are two sex museums in Amsterdam. I recommend the one on the main drag and not the one 
in the red light district if you only have time for one of mm-hmm. them. The one on the main drag, uh, there was a lot more stuff to it. One of the things that stuck out in my mind is that there was tin type pornography. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you see these Gibson girls and waxed mustaches going at it in rather interesting positions that they probably had to hold for two and a half, three minutes while the, so. But I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, you know, I think that, I mean, I don't think it drives the technology, but I think that's one of the first uses of any technology. It's like, oh, we can take photographs. It's like, what are you going to do? Take photographs of people, people fucking. fucking. Yes. Um, you know, uh, you know, just, or, you know, videos, you know, I mean, you know, like I said, I don't think it drives it, but I think it's, you know, one of the early adopters of the industry is like, hey, this is wonderful to, you know, show, you know, show people doing things. Cool. Right. I mean, and, you know, in the same vein, one of the reasons why DVDs took off as much as they did is that the porn companies got behind DVDs. And that's one of the reasons why Blu-ray won that format war, is that the major straight porn companies said, we're going to go Blu-ray. So... Yeah, I'm trying to think. Um, so, my, yeah, my, I, I, my only overseas, I've been um, to England a couple times, and mm-hmm. uh, one was for overseas studies class, and uh, so late, late 80s, and, uh, and then about 10 years later, just uh, kind of as a tourist. But, um, you know, always, well, like the, first, the second time I was with friends, so we didn't really do anything gay. Um, they tried to hook me up with a waiter at one of the restaurants, and I didn't think I was really getting that vibe, and I don't know why they were trying to hook me up. <laughs> but uh, I think they just thought my libido was much higher than it really was, so it's like, oh, you must have to do something on this trip. It's like, not really. <laughs> but the first time, the closest we came to anything sexy, uh, a bunch of us, guys from, the, there are like four of us, I think, from the class, were just wandering, looking for basically a place to drink. Mm-hmm. And uh, wandering down the street, and there's a woman, nice looking woman, which I think appealed to at least two of the guys. In the there's one guy I have questions about, but never figured out. And this is even before <laughs> I was out and really vocal about anything. So, right. um, and basically, she was like, it was like an after hours club, and they had beer. Well, it was a sex club, and we went down there, and there's like this kind of dirty cot set up on the stage, and like a live sex show, and. And we sat down, and then we found out that there's a minimum you have to order at least two beers, and there are scary prices for really vile stuff. And they're just like, oh, no, this is this is gross. So they we all fled. And, um, yeah, so that was the closest thing we came. But I just remember seeing this, like, stained cot in the middle, and it was like, oh. And, and part of me was kind of curious. It's like, okay, so what will actually happen there? But, you know, the crowd was very seedy, older guys in corners, just kind of, it was super creepy. So it's like, okay, um, but, you know, yeah, part of me was just kind of curious, like, what if I had ponied up for the two beers and kind of curious what would have seen. But it was just too, with the, the other three guys, it was just not, you know, it was, it was just too weird for them. It's like, oh my gosh, I can't experience a, <laughs> I can't go to a sex show with three other guys. This is, this is wrong. Yeah. Now, uh, and... The week I spent in London, I did not do anything really gay because I was with my, I was staying with my aunt and uncle. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I did. And they, while there was no official curfew, they expected that I would be home for dinner Hmm. each night. So, yeah, I just did the tourist thing, went to the uh, Royal Museum, went to Harrods and, yeah, walked. Washed my clothes because I'd been living out of a backpack for two weeks. I mean, that's the thing. Yeah, I, I when I do travel someplace, I am curious. I want to check out what the gay, you know, clubs or nightlife or bars are. I mean, you know, that when I went to Florida for a week to be with my family, there was a gay bar that was just, it was called Gators. You know, in mm-hmm. Naples, you know, Florida. It was in a strip mall. I researched it and I was kind of curious. It's like, I'd love to be able to borrow a car or steal, you know, take a bike, just go down the road check it out just to see who the regulars are and what's mm-hmm. like on a Thursday night or something like that. But no, my family was like, no, we have to do everything together. And, and right. I'm like, I didn't really, uh, it's, yeah, I, having a car to myself was not acceptable. And it's like, so that's why I never going back to Florida. Florida as <laughs> a state is dead to me. Um, you know, and it's my family's fault. And yes, the offending members are now also dead, but no, sorry, no real reason to go down to the state. It's, it's ruined for me. Might um, go back to Denver. Denver was cool. I, it wasn't with family. 
Um, I also realized I need a break from my family after three, three and a half days. You know, I can be with yes. them, but then after that, I just need an afternoon to myself. I just need to be away from them. And then I'm set again. I get free set. I can be with you another three days, but that never happened. I was not allowed to run off to the Barnes and Noble and sit in the cafeteria, not ca- uh, the cafe, cafe with my computer catching up on email. No, that was not acceptable either. And it's like, okay, then fine. And I almost felt bad. You know, every year after that, my aunt's like, oh, coming down? And I'm like, no, nope. And, I, and she goes, you said that really fast. And it's like, it shows you just how much I feel about going down there. And she's like, well, we'll let you use the bike this time. And I'm like, too little, too late. Yeah, you had your chance. Nope, I'm done. It, it's not worth the travel, the expense, and the heat. To, to, yeah, oof. Oh, well, you know, it usually was in February. I mean, it was nice. It would be in the low 80s, and it was nice because it would be horrible up here, so it was kind of nice to go, you know, to get away. But, you know, yeah, it's just like I have a, I have a life up here in Lansing, and that week I was missing the stuff that I normally would be doing, my day-to-day and weekly stuff. It's like there's things I like doing, and I'm not doing them. So, so yeah, I'm not super designed for travel. But when I do go, yeah, like I said, like I said, if I had been let loose for an afternoon and could have just check my email at the stupid cafe, mm-hmm. I also remember because the Player's Handbook three for fourth edition D and D had just come out, <laughs> and I had my coupon good for Barnes and Noble, and I just thought I could pick that up there, and that would be fun, and then I could be reading through that, and that was even denied to me. Like, God damn it. So yeah, I mean, when I hit a strange town, what I do when I hit are the gay bars, the comic book stores, and the gaming stores. And uh, that would be, you know, that would be fine for me. One other piece of advice for those who are considering going to Amsterdam, which I do recommend, one week is enough to see everything. And you can do quite a bit in a long weekend. And don't be that American guy. Because I remember when I was over there for England... Um, I, I just remember some guy from one of the other classes was all excited because, you know, we take like the weekend trips, you know, to, I went to Paris for a weekend and, you know, it's, people would go and these guys were so excited about going to Amsterdam mm-hmm. and he's like, I can't wait because the, you know, what I'm going to do is I'm going to light up a joint and just masturbate on a park bench. Because, you know, in his mind, it's like Amsterdam is like this free, you know, it's like you can, you know, smoke pot and they're not hung up on nudity and they don't have laws against sex and blah, blah, blah. Or stuff, and it's like... The, the, like, A, you don't smoke up on a park bench. B, you don't beat off on a park bench. Yeah, I think he just thought it was this free-for-all, you know, kind of weird hippie commune throwback thing. It's like, no, the reason they probably don't have laws is because people aren't jerking off on park benches. I mean, um, well, and the funny thing is you think of Amsterdam as being very, you know, free and, you know, not restrictive in any ways. Um, Amanda Palmer got almost arrested for playing ukulele at a war memorial. Yeah. You know, she was there because it was, just, you know, she was doing, playing music in a public space that was, there was some stricture against it and some guard was like, you can't do that here. And it's like, oh. So it's kind of funny. It's like, you know, no, there are, there, there things are things you laws, do and do right. not do. Is like, you know, they might not be codified in laws, but that's because people don't, right. they don't need to. And, yeah. But once, yeah, once you have a bunch of Americans jerking off on park benches, guess what? There'll probably be a law yeah. about jerking off on park benches. Yeah, and so I was there, you know, in early 2001, and whenever the Europeans heard that I was American, it was, explain to me how George Bush became president. Because, yeah, that, that was just after Bush v. Gore, and I was like, I don't understand it either. <laughs> I do because, you know, he was seen as the guy that you could share beer with and, and, you know, not one of these intellectual elites and their ivory tower. He was just a good old boy. No, no. A good old boy who was like, you know, raised, you know, in affluence and all that. So, no, he was not ever going to have a beer with you. No, they they weren't wondering about the politics of it. They were worried. They were wondering about the mechanics of it. How was it that Al Gore won the popular vote, but George Bush became president? Because that, that that they couldn't wrap their heads around. They didn't understand what the electoral college was. Well, and, that's okay. That we worked. don't. Yeah, yeah most what... most Americans don't understand. Well, no, that no. Right. But I'm saying also like what Europeans, you know, yeah, it's like parliamentary system. That's interesting too. So they've got their own foibles that we kind of look yeah. at and are highly amused by. I think, that, yeah, like you know, especially the shouting. There's an awful uh, lot of shouting and booing. It's like interesting. Yeah. Well. Yeah. 
perhaps our Congress. I thought we were going to talk about politics. Uh, <laughs> well, retro politics. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that that was fifteen, fifteen some odd years ago. All right, we are at, uh, we are almost at an hour. It leaves us just enough time <laughs> to speak briefly about crafting, which oh, which I've done none. Uh, yeah, I I have an excuse though for for not doing as much as I'd like. I downloaded Pokemon Go, oh. <laughs> and I've been doing a lot of that, which means I've been doing a lot of walking, uh-huh. and I went to the uh, Catholic cemetery that uh-huh. is nearby, and some very nice sculpture there, a little Jesus-y for my taste, but what are you going to do? It's a Catholic cemetery, and there's this massive monument to... Um, to priests who have passed on, hmm. and yeah, that very interesting, and yeah. I mean, yeah, that's. I mean, yeah, Pokemon Go has kind of transformed Lansing, especially the nightlife, because there's people out now. Yeah, I mean, downtown Lansing. Um, once upon a time, long ago, there'd be nothing after five o'clock. You know, nothing was open there. Were no bars. Nothing was available. It was like Washington Avenue was just empty. Um, and then you know, over the years, they've gotten more of a nightlife, more bars, restaurants opening. It's still kind of picky mm-hmm. um you know it's not really super active but this pokemon goes only there's people in parks at midnight and there's up and down the streets and oh like, yeah and it's it's i you know personally i like it i people are having fun and you yeah. know and I, I i really want to every facebook meme that's kind of like mocking them i just want to get on there and stop stop shitting on other people's fun <laughs> yeah. but you know it's um yeah. But, you know, it's like, so I think it's cool. I don't do it because, you know, I'm not as much of a gamer, especially video stuff. And, again, I just, where's the time? I'm, I'm already walking a lot. And, yeah, like, it could mean that my walking actually means something now. But Yeah. You, you could get fake points and, and raise fake creatures. Yeah, I've been I'm doing... all about gamifying life. I yeah. have no qualms against that. I've been playing mainly in and around Old Town. I can start a conversation with a stranger as his phone out, just saying, catch anything interesting mm-hmm. recently. And I think that might also be part of why I've been in the, been drinking more at the Esquire recently, mm-hmm. is because while I'm in Old Town anyway. And I've also been um, going to Arctic Chill or the oh. other... Oh, uh, Scoops. I think scoops, it's yes. That, I, that's in an old Sinclair station. I feel bad for them because they're kind of off the beaten track. And it's like, it looks like a nice little ice cream shop and oh, reasonable yeah. prices. And the only time I went there, I like didn't have enough cash money and didn't feel like using a card for a $2 ice cream cone. So well, I felt bad when, because, you know, it's like, ah, oh, you know, just the, you know. Hey, don't feel bad about using your card. I saw... When I was at Scoops, I saw several people using their cards. Just for, because other people yeah. are misbehaving doesn't mean I should be. No, I mean that the the the, the charges that the card companies usually hit you up. Oh yeah, destroy it, all your profits miserable. on anything. Yeah, so, no. if for anything, I mean, even if they don't have a sign less than five bucks, I do not use my card just because yeah. you know the card companies get a nice chunk of that, and it's, it means like okay, I we have even less profits. So, I mean, I'm hoping that they survive because it seems like a cool stuff, but. It's a cool shop. Yes. But I've never seen anything survive there because it is like one block too far west and there's nothing around there. Yeah. Um, They're open till nine though, so I, you know, I, well, I, need yes. to, I need to just swing by there when I take a walk and make sure I have cash money in me and it's like yeah. ice cream. And they, they do differentiate themselves from the other ice cream place on the other side of Old Town, Arctic Chill. Arctic Chill has. It is very good about its soft serve. It's more of a Dairy Queen. Yeah, it, it, it's more of a Dairy Queen. But Scoops is hard. Mm-hmm. A uh, hard pack. Hard pack ice cream. And really good, really cold oh. hard pack ice cream that is perfect when it's 90 nah. degrees out, 90% humidity. Maybe that's what I'll do tonight. I don't end up going to Crunchies for the half-price beer and pizza. I... I'm not sure if they're... Are they open Sundays? It seems like... No, a... yes. No, they are. They, they are open Sundays. The question and is, are they sure open until 9? Yeah. Well, I mean, you, you might swing by there on your way back from here. Actually, no. I have other things I have to hit. Oh, dread it. Oh, well. Something on your to-do list. Uh, oh, among many things, yeah. Patronize local businesses. Okay. We've spent an hour talking about nothing. We've run out of time again. Send your questions, comments, show ideas, dirty pictures, please. 
or project photos to harryprone at gmail.com or tweet at us. We are at harryprone.com. Our music is Hotspot by Aux used under the Creative Commons Attribution License. We are your hosts, Sarah Kane, and Lance Mark, wishing you peace, love, and perversion. Good night. Good night.